my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everyone, to episode 47 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. I am your host, Jack Rico, and it's Labor Day weekend. And if you are a first-time listener to this U.S. Latino pop culture show... Thank you for discovering us, and please share the show with all of your friends. Let me kick off our show with our love and prayers to the residents of Houston, Texas, who have suffered a devastating blow from Hurricane Harvey. Everyone from our family and friends are wishing you, Houston, a speedy return to normalcy. Well, on this week's show, uh, our good friend Luis Miguel Echegaray, the head of Latino content for Sports Illustrated, stopped by to talk about their new initiative for reaching the Hispanic sports fan. That sounds really interesting. Can't wait to talk to him about that. Also, as the Despacito phenomenon winds down, where does Latin music go from here? Some say it has a bright future in mainstream. Others, mm, they're not as optimistic. Pop culture writer Julissa Lopez visits the show to discuss her most recent article in the Washington Post titled, What's Next for Latin Music After the Summer of Despacito? Where she explores these questions very thoroughly. But before we get on with the podcast, I'm sure you read this John Leguizamo article, or at least heard about the John Leguizamo article on Billboard.com that really made the rounds this week. It's his truthful perspective on the reasons why Latinos are so severely underrepresented in movies, television, and media. I almost always talk to other Latinos about topics like this, but this time around, I decided to do something a little different, and I decided to ask my white colleagues from the industry why they think Latinos are so underrepresented in Hollywood. Give a listen on what they had to say about it. Before we wrap up, I did want to touch a topic with you guys. You're, you're, you're the perfect audience for this. Uh, so John Leguizamo, the Hollywood Reporter, wrote a uh, article as a guest column for Billboard magazine as well about the underrepresentation of Latinos in film, television, and in pop culture as well. Right on. Um, I'm the only Latino in this room. Everybody else here is white. So, so I want to have the white perspective of what you think about Latino underrepresentation. I am sick and tired of the fact that the conversation of race in America in this country is only limited to two races, which is white and black. What do you think about Latino representation? Should we see more? I know you're going to say yes, but why do you think we're not seeing it? Well, I think that the other thing is, is like when you think about an umbrella term like people of color, right? That sort of goes to what you're saying, which is that technically POC isn't just black people. So it's it's POC putting us all in the hub. It's basically everybody who's technically are called like othered because of their ethnicity or the color. And this may be a white race. guy perspective, but I think that's good. I think that to be lumped everywhere that when there's a black hit, it's a hit for 
all for yeah, yeah but for that said but that said i agree but with you it's that not the inclusive sim- the though that's the, my problem well exactly i don't see myself like i'm glad for the african-american community that they get to say yes we got a number one movie and a best picture at the oscars but when is the hispanic face the brown people but gonna it's not just brown people either it's like asian americans let me let me let me put my yoda my <laughs> thoughts on this um and I ask you this, Jack. Um, is it because the African-American community is more vocal about their being underrepresented? Yes. Whereas perhaps the Latino community We're more silent. is not making as big of a fuss. You know, that's that's the way I see it, actually. You know, uh, you know, the, the, the black community so is like, to be more you know, it's also because yeah, and this need to be more they, they need to be more vocal. And I think if they were more vocal, no, it's not just that. It's also because of how people get onto the soil of the United States of America, like the history of black people in this country, regardless of whether or not your your family was born in the West Indies or you know, Africa, or if you are, I mean, a lot of African-Americans families, no, but a lot of African-American families have been here longer than a lot of white people, right? Because a lot of black people in this country came here through slavery. So you're dealing with a lot of times two incredibly different experiences of oppression. You're dealing with the immigrant experience a lot of times in the cases of right. Latinos. And, that's, that's, and then that, you're dealing that, that's with more of a social political right. thing. And then you're what do you think it, why do you think it is, Jack? You, you raised the question. So what, what is your answer for this? Well, listen, I, I talk about this in my podcast the whole time, but I don't talk about it with white Americans. I just don't. It's all amongst Latinos. So I wanted a different perspective on why, you know, non-Latinos think that there is a problem of invisibility, a lack of inclusion of our stories, of our faces. What do you think of my theory that, that, that you're not creating as much I of a agree. stir. I agree, but I don't I, think I it's totally the sole reason for that. And no, so that's a total... You're also fighting an uphill battle now that pre- Trump is president and yes. who wants to build a wall between us and Mexico. I mean, but that's the it, point. Is just... that That's the thing, is that what we're talking about really is the reality of immigrant experiences in the United States, especially for people who come into this country and by virtue of their skin color or their race, like they automatically inherit all this baggage... You know, it's different to be, let's face it, an Irish immigrant than it does it is to be from, like, Venezuela. It's like if Guillermo del Toro, Alfonso Cuarón, and Alejandro Iñárritu Benici- don't make a movie this Benicio, year or that year, Benicio or, Benicio or, Benicio, or Benicio del Toro, which has been on and off, it's like we we don't exist. And that, that's been, like, sort of my problem, and I just feel like... That's because middle America just thinks it's J-Lo. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It's, you got Jennifer Lopez, and that's it. And that's it. And so I'm we not, don't and I'm not disputing talent, this, but you know? I also think this is an art, this is a conversation that so many different groups of people of color can have, right? Like, mm-hmm. if I was sitting in a room with somebody from the Philippines, we'd be having this conversation, and it'd be way more drastic than it is for a lot of Latinos, right? right. I mean, that's the thing is that what we're dealing with is that even now, the norm is for the films that we see and the TV that we watch to be white people. No easy answers here, but a great question. I'm glad we talked about it. That excerpt was taken from a podcast I was on uh, called Sitting Around Talking Movies with my friend Neil Rosen, Bill McCuddy, and Lisa Rossman, uh, which you can catch in its entirety on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Well, with that said, keep your headphones on, guys. This is the Highly Relevant Podcast. I want to welcome right now Luis Miguel Echegaray. He is the head of content, head of Latino content at Sports Illustrated. Uh, Luis. How are you, Jack? ¿Cómo estás? Muy bien, amigo. Uh, I saw on Twitter that you are doing a project 
about Latino content with Sports Illustrated, and I think it's taken you a few months to get, and it was a bit ambiguous at first, then you kind of did a whole uh, sort of like a like a tweet outline of what was going on, and, and, and it caught my eye, and I wanted to talk to you about it. What What exciting Latino stuff is happening at Sports Illustrated that you're conceiving and concocting in that dungeon of yours huh <laughs> yeah it's probably smaller than a dungeon but yeah i mean <laughs> uh well, first of all thanks again for having me again it's it's always a pleasure being uh at your show you, you do commendable work and, and and i salute you for it appreciate it man. Uh, the so yes like you said i mean uh what's going on right now at si is we're doing a, a real effort uh to sort of wake us up uh both as an organization and in terms of the community that follows us um to when really you say try... waking up is yeah. somebody has somebody been sleeping that uh you feel like somebody well, needs to be woken up is it the industry is it sports yeah. illustrated is it uh Tick is all those sports? boxes. Period. Yep. Tick, tick all those boxes. Yes. Uh-huh. If you look at uh, just the makeup of, and I, I don't want to get too much into it, but if you look at the makeup of, and I'm going to go a little bit more detailed here, but if you look at sports journalism in this country, when it comes to the main players, right? Your um, ESPNs and your SIs and you know, Fox Sports and, you know, um, in past, in recent times, in recent years, um, there's been this realization that the Latino Hispanic community in this country needs to be spoken about, uh, included, uh, aims to connect with, um, understand how to, uh, you know, sort of work with, uh, both inside and outside of the industry, and SI is not different. So, you know, this is one of the biggest things that we're trying to do. Uh, it's baby steps right now, but the, the main part of my job and everybody at SI is we're trying to make sure that our organization and people, Latino and Hispanic community, realizes that our organization is there to try and celebrate them, promote them, work with them, try and really discover this community that really has been unspoken to for many years. You know, there was a John Leguizamo article that came out just this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've read it. I know you retweeted it. um, And it really hits home at the core of his essay, basically, is about underrepresentation of Latinos Mm -hmm. within movies, television and media. You know, and we're in media and we don't really see ourselves like I was having this conversation with a friend of mine named Kelvin uh, Chavez, who used to be the founder of LatinaReview.com. And we kind of broke down this John Leguizamo article in a a bonus edition podcast you guys could listen to at any time. Uh, We went into it for like 40 minutes, man, just having this conversation about underrepresentation. There's a lot to talk about. It happens. It happens as well in sports, right? You know, how how bad is the underrepresentation of Latinos in sports when it comes to journalism, anchors, play-by-play commentators, uh, journalists? How I know we're there. It's just I don't know if we're there compared to the population numbers in the country of Latinos. Well, you hit it right there. Um, there's two answers to that question. The first is, and I don't want to give you, 
like an exact false statistic, but it's it's around this number. You know, uh, if you look at newsrooms in across America, and I'm I'm not just including sports now; it's everything in, in journalism. Uh, the percentage of of Latino Hispanic journalists inside those newsrooms are ridiculously small. Wow. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I, it's I really no be... surprise though, man. It just we're living in a very sucky time right now when it comes to us being at the forefront of anything. I mean, only music is where I feel like we are the drivers of culture. But outside of that, I feel like we're just grasping for air, man. Yeah. And and then the and then sort of the second part of it is like to what you said, which is if there are, you know, uh, some recent uh, statistics came out from Pew Hispanic Research that showed that um, 2016, 2017, the U.S. population growth, 51% was Hispanic. Yeah, like, you know, I saw that on your Twitter feed. It was from Pew. But you know what the other side of that coin is? Is that we're mm. no longer the fastest growing no uh, population no. that's the asian americans they've beat us which by is like really 4%. interesting right well right. yeah i mean we're sleeping on the chinese you know one of the most populated <laughs> yeah. uh countries in the world is china well and you know what like the answer to uh you know the the, the newsroom thing was it's the same with asian americans and you know the the representation as well is, is also small there so it's, it's it's a big issue and but if we go back to latino hispanics you know we have if we're closing in on what 60 million that's right uh, 58.6 mil you know that that's a gigantic number so you know one of the things that si and what i'm trying to do at si is i'm trying to to sort of say you know let's do more here let, let, let's what what can we do both as storytellers but also as connectors as you know as as project creators that can help us bond with communities it's not just about writing a piece about uh you know messi or or you know laurie hernandez or you know or or any other hispanic latino athlete it's also about how does the community like react to this that's why nfl to me is like especially at the beginning of the season has become sort of in a way my my my, my main target point we know that soccer is such a popular sport amongst latino hispanics but people don't realize that from a marketing perspective you know hispanic and latino nfl fans are huge everywhere but nobody talks about this it. still mind boggles me man because you know i've been to a couple of football games and i don't mm. see latinos that much and then again i go to the new york ones it's just mostly white people who can afford those freaking tickets yeah i mean you got to remember something it's also it's about the price of going to a stadium to the actual to what it what does it mean to be an nfl fan i mean you know there are many latino hispanic nfl fans like you said that can't afford a ticket you know uh to go to the game but they are heavily invested in the team every single week they tailgate they have party watching viewing parties at their houses and how do you um, know it, this how do you know this well, I talk to them. I connect with them. I go literally on the streets. I mean, definitely where oh, I live. Okay. I, go, I, I go to Jackson Heights. I go to New Jersey. Wow. And, so you do you the know, footwork, so, huh? Absolutely. I have, you know, I have friends and, uh, you know, family members, not just in New York that live in Pittsburgh that are huge Steelers fans. Then also people in Buffalo that I told you earlier as well, last time that we talked that, you know, the Buffalo Bills have one of the biggest Hispanic followings and nobody knows that. I had, yes, yeah, I remember you telling me that in our last podcast. That kind of blew my mind. You know, I thought it was Dallas. I thought it was the Dallas Cowboys. 
I mean, Dallas is big for sure, but Buffalo Bills, from a marketing perspective, in terms of trying <laughs> so to like, reach out, is Buffalo Bills. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, it's trying to, and that's the thing, and that's the thing that's missing. And it's not like we've done the job by any means. Absolutely not. This is like baby steps. Um, but one of the biggest things, aside from telling stories about Latino and Hispanic representation, especially in the NFL, is about investigating these communities. Go out there you know, see what's happening. If you actually think about it, if you're non-Hispanic or non-Latino, you probably have, when it comes to six degrees of separation, a friend that's a huge NFL fan that's True. Latino. You just you just don't know about it. Um, so anyway, so the project that you were talking about earlier was, it's just a very small thing that we're trying to do that's just the very beginning of many things that are happening with us, uh, which is a crowdsourcing project. We are trying to celebrate this fan by asking people to send us their own images around the country of what it means to them to be an NFL fan. So we're getting images. We're getting people sending us, you know, uh, getting together at, uh, you know, on Sunday, you know, photos from last season, you know, hanging out together, a huge Latino family, you know, watching the Steelers to a fantasy draft party to a father and son, you know, representing the Atlanta Falcons. It's just great to see. Can I, can I suggest and advise some like creative Mm -hmm. ways of doing that? Absolutely. All right. So here's just an idea that just came to me, but I think this would be awesome. Okay. And it's a great way to, to, to bond the, the sports fan with Mm. sports illustrated. I think you should have like, like house parties. (laughs) Yeah. So basically SI goes to your house, right? And basically sports illustrated goes to somebody's house and you literally kind of do the party there and you invite your friends and you invite other friends uh, or maybe there's a sports illustrated hub at a tailgate at a stadium that everybody goes and chill like a little tent um, uh, where they can partake in the festivities SI style SI Latino style. First of all, like that. That that idea it falls perfectly within the whole concept of you have to do the footwork and go out there and reach the community, right? So mm-hmm. it's already a it's already a home run. Um, I just hope you don't talk too much about it because it's such a good idea. I don't want anybody <laughs> else stealing. <laughs> Yo, man, I could see the barbecue grills. I could see yeah, the exactly. banderas. You know, yeah. I can see the hey, we're here live streaming out. Come out and we're we're tailgating yeah. at lot number forty three. If you want to know where Listen, all that party nothing, noise is coming from, that's us. You know, so come there on. Is, <laughs> there is nothing more beautiful than like watching the Giants and having a rock con pollo. Oh, like, that is just a come thing, on! Like. I mean, you just you just Latinize that right there, my man. I mean, that's exactly. the way to do it. And that's the point. And that's what we're trying to do. But the other thing that I want your listeners to understand is that this is not about um, this is about celebrating a community without alienating anybody else. This is not about saying only we, you know, we only care about the Latino Hispanic. And this is about trying to identify and celebrate that's this community true, because it's been underrepresented and I, I want people to understand you know, that. I'm glad like that you said that, that you were very clear about that because I think, you know, one of the mistakes that sometimes I actually fall under too is that we're so underrepresented that you kind of just create an insular echo chamber yeah. uh, of yourself where, hey, yeah. you know, since you know, the whites don't give a crap about us, you know, let's just, all of us, all of us Latinos just get together and we are kind of being prejudiced in reverse. You know, it's like reverse prejudice. 
Right. And and you're right. I think we should be more inclusive with our Latino culture to everybody else. Like if we're going to do something, hey, anybody's included. There's a Latino flavor involved, which is a little different. And so if you want some if you want your Sundays to be a little different, well, you know, why don't you come hang out with us and we'll show you what we do. But you're not excluding them. You're including them. I, I think that's an I, amazing point that you just made. And you know what happens as a result of that? The idea of cultural appropriation kind of goes away because it's not about. Right. Right, it's, right. it's not about it's not about copying or mimicking somebody's cultural identity, but rather celebrating it. And that's a really big difference. And that's a really big difference. That's awesome. So if people want to reach out to you, uh, Luis, and, 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 and contribute and help in what you're trying to achieve, how do they go about it? Well, I guess the best way, right, uh, uh, as it is 2017 is through social media. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at, at LM. Echegaray, and I'm sure uh, when you put out this podcast, you can spell my last name for them. <laughs> <laughs> and should they send uh, but, pictures? Should they send? Uh, yeah, you know... they can send me anything. But also, the main thing is go to SI, go to Sports Illustrated on mm -hmm. all our social media accounts. Go, go see for yourself. We're promoting this basically throughout uh, the entire season, and there are many more projects to come that I really can't talk about, but like. They're, they're going to be great. And they are all about celebrating, promoting, or communicating with the Latino audience. But please go to SI, check out our Twitter, our Facebook, our Instagram, and submit your images, submit your opinions. We want to we want to hear from you. Luis Miguel Echegaray, head of Latino content over at Sports Illustrated. Thanks a lot for coming on the Highly Relevant Podcast. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Jack, thank you so much. It was so great to, to be on again. It's time for Jack Dick. Let's begin with the top movie news of the week. Warner Brothers plans female-centric Lord of the Flies. Keanu Reeves, Winona Ryder, reteam for a romantic comedy. HBO's documentary Spielberg will premiere at the New York Film Festival. The new horror clown movie It is causing working clowns to lose work. And summer box office suffers historic decline. In TV news, Netflix will premiere The Day I Met El Chapo, the Kate Del Castillo story, starting October 20th. Univision will air a first-of-its-kind dramatic miniseries that combines storytelling and social impact called La Fuerza de Creer. Hulu adds the CW to live TV service. Fox Sports to offer six-second ad spots in football, baseball, telecasts. Netflix will air an original Lady Gaga documentary called Gaga 5'2 on September 22nd. Switching over to music, Kendrick Lamar was the big winner at the MTV VMAs and Despacito lost the Song of Summer category to Lil Uzi Vert. Shawn Mendes to do an MTV Unplugged on September 8th. Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff reunite on a newly released track. Harry Styles releases Unplugged video for his song Two Ghosts. And Camila Cabello, Don Omar, CNCO, Gente de Zona, and more to perform at the iHeartRadio Fiesta Latina airing on Telemundo. And in digital and social media news, it's official. Apple is unveiling its iPhone 8 event September 12th. YouTube has a new look and a new logo. Apple is trying to become the first trillion dollar company. Instagram now lets you post landscape and portrait photo albums. Facebook launches Watch Video Guide across US. Will viewers tune in? And Vivo app launches live talk show across YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. <laughs> Joining me now is Julissa Lopez, writer in Berlin, who wrote an article for the Washington Post this past weekend. It's called What's Next for Latin Music After the Summer of Despacito. I know there's a there's a different name for it on the newspaper, right? Yeah, I think that they decide they pick a different headline. Um, they're dealing with more space issues. And I actually like the one for print better. Yeah, it's, it's something about... Uh, 
apart from like Despacito going viral, is it vital? Which I thought yeah. was really good. Yeah, I, I like that headline a lot more. Uh, well, thanks a lot for being on the on the podcast. Uh, I had a conversation with you uh, about this. Uh, you had quoted me in the newspaper. And, you know, we really talked for about an hour and 30 minutes almost. <laughs> because yeah. I think we're in that place in time where it's necessary to talk about how music is affecting the culture at large. And I think you and I really decided to kind of break that down on a conversation and you decided to pick out some quotes. But what made you want to write about this article and what did you learn about it in the process of writing it? Yeah, um, I mean, it was a long process, I think, first of all. And, you know, I, I, I've been I'm, I'm from Washington, D.C. originally. And when I was in D.C., I was covering the sort of the, the Latin music concert circuit for the Washington Post. And that was my first introduction to, to, to a lot of the editors there. And when I moved to Berlin, I started focusing more and more on music and more on music, Latin music and, and Latin culture. So I think just through the music writing, I've been in and around this conversation around Despacito for, for you know, since the song blew up. And it had been in the back of my mind, you know, I think probably like you, you keep seeing headlines over and over about the new milestone that it's reached or the new record the song, you know, is broke throughout the summer. And so back in uh, sort of at the end of July, one of my editors at the Washington Post reached out to me and said, you know, I'm, I'm interested in, in a story about Despacito and I, I really want to get your ideas. What do you think? And that was really a great opportunity to actually sit down and do a ton of research. I started having conversations on background with everybody that I could think of, a lot of label people, a lot of artists, a lot of other journalists, and really started dissecting, you know, what is it that, what, what do people think about this song and, and, and where does it lead? And so I think ultimately that turned into the core of the story. I kind of saw it in two buckets. There were people artists and people in the industry who were really excited about mm -hmm. the success of the song and who were really optimistic and enthusiastic. And then I think there was another side of the conversation of people who were still excited, but I think also skeptical. And I think I fell into that side of wondering, you know, this is great and it's wonderful to see uh, Latin artists breaking these, these records and, and, and kind of reaching new heights. But at the same time, how do we leverage that into more representation? What comes out of this and how do we make it so that it's more than just a passing moment? Right. And so those were really the, that was kind of the, the conflict or the conundrum I wanted to kind of explore and to, and to boil down. And I think that's what the, the story turned into. And did you feel you found a clear answer? I don't think so. And I think, um, I think that's a good thing. I think that means that there's a lot more conversations to have. And I think, you know, part of the reason that this is so interesting is because there is no clear answer. I mean, I think everybody has different ways of seeing what the success of this song means, and it could lead into so many, you know, so many different opportunities, and it means different things to different artists. I think that's also why I was interested in putting artists from sort of a different range of scenes into the piece. Um, one of the things that did stand out to me, though, was that I think a lot of people despite I think the work that they think needs to be done in order for the song to mean more representation, I think a lot of people do ultimately feel optimistic. I think, yes, mm -hmm. there's a lot of criticism involved. I think there's a lot of people feeling like, okay, we can't just take this one win and, you know, call it a day. I did over <laughs> the first year, people just feeling like, you know what, like, 
yes, this is going to be hard. Yes, we have to like keep, you know, Latino music on the forefront and in the conversation. But I did hear people saying, you know, I'm happy that this is happening and I'm happy that we're talking about this to begin with. So um, I think that optimism, um, I, 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 I was surprised by it. And I think I was also kind of, I thought, I thought it was kind of nice. You know, the v, I was watching the VMAs. By the way, they didn't even award Despacito the song of the summer. Did, did, you, did you hear that? Did you find that out? I did. I saw that. I, I, I mean, was like, what do you have to do to impress MTV to give you anything? I mean, if you ask anybody, I think it was Lil Uzi who, who, who won the song of the summer. Now, yeah. listen, no disrespect to, to him or, or his music, but if you ask 10 people, you know, a few of them might know, but if you ask 10 people about Despacito, everybody knows it. Right. And, and this is what John Leguizamo was talking about in his article, we'll probably talk about that in a second, is the dismissal, the, the complete uh, just put to the side of Spanish language music or Spanish language artists uh, that don't belong there, you know? And he was talking about how this is damaging for kids, for Latino kids, because they have no role model. So let's say a kid was watching the the VMAs and Song of the Summer Despacito wasn't even awarded or, or won. What does that say for him? That, that we don't matter. So I think that right. your article really sort of touched upon a lot of these topics about language and culture uh, and sort of that mainstream acceptance that we feel that there's nothing we can do because we're not a part of the club. Right. And I think, I mean, the VMAs really show that. I think I walked away from that feeling like, okay, well, you know, Taylor Swift has this moment where she gets to premiere her video and it's a huge deal and now that's all anybody's talking about. But mm -hmm. where are these moments for us? Those moments don't exist for us. And I think as long as we continue with these segregated award shows like the Grammys and the Latin Grammys, and look, it's great. And I'm, and, I, and I'm glad that at least we have these segregated uh, award shows because it allows people to listen. But it's an echo chamber, Julissa. It's an right, echo chamber. Right. We're only listening to ourselves. You know, it's been interesting to hear so many people in the industry and, and, and people who kind of herald this new age of global music and talk about how global music is becoming and the language is, you know, no longer a barrier. BS. I think, you know, a lot of what I've heard in, the, in, in, in kind of reporting, I mean, sure, I think maybe that things have changed and that people might be a bit more accepting, but at the same time, and I think you pointed this out when we talked, you know, if you if you like Luis Fonsi and, and Despacito, it still makes it hard to think if you're, you know, an Anglo listener who only speaks English, are you going to buy a ticket to see an entire concert of two hours of Luis Fonsi singing in, English, <laughs> and in Spanish? You know, I think right. I think it's it's tough. Sure, you can be excited that music is slowly becoming more global and that you know people's tastes seem to seem to be changing. But at the same time, you can't celebrate this as a victory when you know you can't say that oh now we're in a new age where people you know really have. Um, have a huge appetite for music in Spanish. I think there's still a lot of work to be done, and I think you can't celebrate quite yet. Well, this is what happened with Enrique Iglesias when he first, uh, and Ricky Martin, when they first got in the early 2000s, became hits. It's, you know, the white girls used to go to the Ricky Martin concerts expecting a full album in English, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> the one yeah. hit that they're looking for in English uh, was sort of, uh, you know, joined in with like another 18 Spanish language tunes that they could not, you know, lip sync to. 
and, and it was a problem. Yeah. It's like you were getting really a Spanish language concert with a couple of songs in English. And right. I'm sure that a lot of these girls were like, damn, I was not expecting that. I feel like an outsider here. All these Latino girls knew what they were going to get into except me. Right. And I think this is what might be happening with the Luis Fonsi. I mean, I'd love to talk to him about it. At some point, I will. Um, but yeah, it's language, uh, the 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 demand for other people who don't speak Spanish to then uh, incorporate themselves into the Latin culture fully. I don't know. I don't think that's happening. Yeah, I think there's a lot of overestimating of that. I mean, I would love for that to happen. I would love, you know, to, to feel like, you know, we're in a new age where everybody, you know, is, is going to be completely open-minded. But we've seen the barriers again and again. The barriers have always been there. And I think it's um, a little naive to assume that they've completely changed. Well, listen, uh, thank you so much for talking to me about uh, this article and, and writing it. And uh, I, I just felt like we need to have these conversations. And, you know, you've spoken to so many people from so many angles of the industry that you really give us a sort of a round uh, look at language and culture and what that represents in the United States moving forward. So, you know, thank you so much for being on the podcast, for writing the article. And, and what do you got coming up next? Oh, thanks, Dan. Um, right now, I'm, I'm kind of working on a few stories that um, kind of revolve around Berlin. Um, there's a new street art museum that's opening here uh, that I'm going to, that I'll be writing about. Um, and yeah, just kind of exploring and, and figuring out more opportunities to have these conversations. Absolutely. If people want to get in touch with you, Julissa, how do they do that? I am on Twitter at uh, Julissa. <laughs> it's my name, the way that you should pronounce it. It's J-O-O-L-E-E-S-A-H. And uh, on Instagram, it's Julissa uh, underscore Rakin. And yeah, always down to have conversations. Great. Well, let's keep the conversation going. Uh, Julissa, muchísimas gracias. Aw, thanks, Jack. Appreciate all your time. If you're looking for some new songs to listen to, check out these three tracks you might want to add to your playlist this Labor Day weekend. Refugee, Skip Marley. Yo voy ganado, Sistema Solar. She's on my mind, JP Cooper. That's it for episode 47 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. I'd like to thank Luis Miguel Echegaray from Sports Illustrated and pop culture journalist Julissa Lopez for stopping by. And thank you guys for taking the time out to listen from your favorite streaming platform wherever you may be. Quick shout out to our podcast winners, Aida Mena and McLean Amaya for participating in our Lion King Blu-ray giveaway. We're going to have a lot more of these giveaways 
in future episodes. If you like this U.S. Latino podcast, please share it on your social media apps. Tell your friends all about it. And if you can, have them subscribe to the show. It depends on you guys to get the word out. Hope you enjoy your Labor Day weekend and stay connected with us via showbizcafe.com. See you next week on another episode of Pie. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.